0: Lemon Pepper Parlay presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. That's right. It's a 2024 edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay football show. And uh, if you hear scratches in my voice, it's because... I spent most of yesterday yelling and screaming about how great it is to be a Michigan Wolverine as Michigan won the Rose Bowl, beat Alabama, sent Nick Saban home pack. And that's right. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with Mark Gunnels, who I know when he said, I got Bama, it was a lock that Michigan was going to win.
1: I also said I got Washington, too. But, you know, let's just, let's ignore that one. But I, I
0: honestly, you couldn't have told me that there was another college football game played yesterday. I would have had no idea. I, I have to go back and watch the game. Like I saw the last play. Oh, you didn't watch the game? I was too busy running through the streets of Pasadena shouting at the top of my lungs.
1: <laughs> Where are you though? Because I texted you and you said you're about to vomit.
0: That was during the game. Yeah. After the game. Yes, I was elated. Jubilee. Doing cart field, cartwheels, backflips. flips. Cart flips everything it was it was a great experience
1: so why were you about the vomit during the game like what was, what was that experience like can you walk us through that dude
0: i mean if you go on my instagram you can see like there were several times in which my knees got weak like When JJ threw that interception on the first play of the game, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. When Morgan drops the ball on a punt return, it's like you got to be not like this. Like we can't, it can't be like this. Like, and when they're missing freaking 49-yard field goals, it's just special teams did not come to play one bit in this game. And uh, and, you know, I've been high on Alabama all year. Like I was high on Alabama at the start of the year. I had him in the college football playoff at the start of the year. Bet him to win the SEC at the start of the year. Uh, had a Jalen Milro for Heisman ticket at the start of the year. And then especially after he got, like, you know, they benched him South Florida and he came back, he was playing really good ball. And to me, he's still really good player. But um, I just – because the thing that made me so nervous about it is – First of all, we've seen Michigan lay the lay eggs in these big moments several times, especially most notably against TCU, who then went and lost by eighty-five trillion points in the national championship game. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think Michigan probably would have gave Georgia a better game. Like, you got to, but you got to win to get in. And, uh, but I and then when they didn't go for two, uh, I was after not being able to move the ball the entire basically midway through the second quarter, the whole third quarter, and then five minutes left in the fourth. They come down, tie it up, or score the touchdown rather than kick their point to tie it up. I wanted them to go for two. It was like, just end this game, get it over with. They didn't end up doing it. But it was just, you know, it was really beautiful because just the way that Michigan ran the ball, I didn't expect – I expected Alabama to be able to hold Michigan to a – to like. Just anecdotally, I haven't looked at any of the stats. I'm just talking about from watching it. Like, I thought Michigan had an advantage in both the run game and, uh, and defending like some of Milrose's passes. I don't know why Alabama didn't run the ball more, but I'm fine with it because it felt like they were getting seven yards of carry. <laughs> it's not like they were getting seven yards of carry every single play. And I was just, but, you know, Michigan came out there and they, uh, they finally took care of business in a way, but, you know, it's definitely the game. The job's not done. You know, it's not over. I texted the wide receiver coach afterwards and I said, you got one more game to be true legends. And he's like, absolutely. So I think they'll be locked in. Um, I would have much rather played Texas than Washington. Uh, I think Washington probably has the best quarterback in the game uh, with Penix, if not the best, definitely the most experienced. Even though JJ's only lost one game in his Michigan starting career. And I like Washington Tech coach a lot, and they have really good skill guys. But you know what? So does Alabama. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, man. I can't wait. I'm happy for you, man. I know it was a lot for you to deal with that, three hours of football. Felt like four hours, actually. It
0: was easily I – I, I thought about this while I was watching it. I watch a game of football, at least one game per day pretty much, either whether it's film, whether it's all 22, whether it's a live game. Like that was the longest football game that has ever been played. Oh my God. It took forever, forever to finish. I couldn't eat. All I had, I had like a, a thing of fries and that was it. It was like I can't even eat. I'm just this my nerves were terrible. It was like this is the worst experience of my life until they won. And then it was great.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh can't wait to talk about the game next week. Uh, Yeah, we'll be on the day after the National Championship game. That should be a fun show. (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean, I I can't do it again. Like, I'm going to be sitting in the fetal position, curled up, watching that game (laughs) just like this, like with my hands over my eyes and just looking through, like, you know, saying like just playing. Essentially, what I know you and Maverick probably play peekaboo all the time. (laughs) I'll be playing peekaboo with the TV because my nerves are just shot. So shot. Like, that game took six months off my life. Listen, I, then I got to do it again on Monday. Again,
1: goodness. Well, right now, Michigan is opening up as a four and a half point favorite last time I saw over Washington. So, if that makes you feel a little bit better,
0: I see it as a field goal game. But I, that's the whole thing. I was told this to Eddie and Dave on uh, on extra points last week. I was like, if I was removed from this, like if I was just watched, like if this was Washington and Texas instead of like, all the signs were saying to bet on Michigan. All of them, like every single, all the money was on Alabama. Everybody was betting on Alabama. All the signs pointed towards uh, uh, to bet on Michigan, like as a gambler, but I couldn't do it. Because when I was that physically and emotionally invested, it doesn't make any sense to get financially invested as well because then you lose money on top of it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's kind of why I stay away from like the Chiefs' big games, like in the playoffs. Like I don't I don't touch it. I can't. <laughs>
0: well, you may not have that bit, you may not have that issue too long this season. Nah, I'm we'll, we'll get into it. You want to go ahead and start with your good vibes?
1: Yeah, sure. Martin Weiss. No, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> that
0: is, that is, hey, I definitely qualify.
1: <laughs> uh no. Um actually this week. I mean, how can I not say Baltimore? (laughs) I mean, it sounds like the easy thing to say, right? Because they're the number one seed. It's like, oh, duh. But it's just the way they won. I mean, 56 to 19? 56? I mean, my gosh, this team looks like a juggernaut right now. Beat the Niners the week before. Could have been a potential letdown spot, especially on a short week because they played Monday. Play Miami, who came off with a big win against Dallas. This is for the one seed. You clinched this. So now you get a chance to have that bye. Not only a, the bye, but you can rest your players this week as well. Have two weeks off, which some may say, is that too long? You know, a little rust factor there, potentially. Because last time they were the one seed, they had the two weeks off, and they lost the first game against Tennessee. But all in all, Lamar is obviously the MVP. pretty much clinched that this past weekend. Five touchdown passes. This is the best skill position players he's ever played with, and that's even without Mark Andrews. How about Isaiah Likely? You see that one-handed grab he had and ran into the end zone? I mean, that was some next-level stuff right there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore.
0: My good vibes. I'll go with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that people are in and out on Tomlin guess what he's going to finish over 500 again and uh the one thing that is a uh, question mark in Pittsburgh uh Kenny Pickett you might be finished in this town pal but uh I would say the Pittsburgh Steelers continuing the streak, going and beating Seattle in a way that was, I know this final score was 30-23, to 23, but that was a game in which Pittsburgh dominated. And they dominated in a way that I love to see team and that is running the rock. They had no, Seattle had no answer except for going back in time and drafting Jalen Carter instead of Devin Witherspoon. But Devin Witherspoon's playing really well, so I don't want to take it away from him. He's just not a... A defensive lineman that can plug gaps and that type of stuff although he did make some big plays but I'm going with Pittsburgh because uh, I think that you know like I don't know silly me I think making the playoffs is a good thing I think winning games is a good thing you know so like I like that I like that Tom was going to go ahead and continue one of the more impressive streaks in my in football in my opinion of finishing over 500 Every single year that he's been coaching, it's a testament to his, like consistency and it's a testament to being able to make decisions in the right times in the right places.
1: Not bad, not bad. I like that. I like it for my bad vibes of the week. I'm gonna have to go because I want to, they're like bad and ugly, but I'm gonna say them for ugly. So, for my bad, give me, give me Washington. Give me the commanders. And it's not the fact they lost to the Niners. Obviously, they're going to lose that game. But it's more of a big picture thing for me. I, I just don't know the direction of this franchise. Um, obviously, you would assume that Ron Rivera is going to be gone after this year. But now you see Eric Bannemi being named once again in coaching candidacy for like the Chargers. I've seen that floated out there. Like, I believe
0: that? it when I see it. How about that? No. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think they just like they just, they just throw his name. It's like a tradition at this point like you got to put them in there like just to make people feel good <laughs> uh but yeah man uh sam how is he, is he the future i, I don't know <laughs> you know and I, I just don't know the direction man i mean obviously you know they got new ownership there that was a good vibe as far as a big picture for them but This is not supposed to go like this this year. I mean, they weren't a playoff team in my mind before the year, but I thought they'll be a lot more competitive than what they've shown. Uh, You see Terry McLaurin after the game. I don't know if you saw that quote. They're asking about how does it feel basically to see a team like the Niners in that culture and like kind of where you're at right now. And he was like, man, it's just so frustrating. You know, you're seeing a group of guys like that over there. They play together. And then I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like over here is kind of dysfunctional. Like, you know, he's tired of losing. Like he wants to win. And I'll tell you what, we got a second or a third round pick. If you want to come to Kansas City, Scary Terry. But we could talk about that in the summer.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one thing Kansas City definitely needs is wide receivers. And even though they won this week, they're a bad vibe candidate to me because it's it's no even look. Jake Browning was walking down that big old Spags defense and almost won that game. Like, if they had, no, nah, I will say he's turned it up uh, down the stretch and there was a ton of sacks, which was big. But again, when you're playing against a better quarterback that can uh, get the ball out on time, look out. And I just, I don't know. To me, the offense was, did, did, did you think the offense was, uh,
1: was, was playing at a high level. I actually felt a lot better after this game than I have in previous weeks. Because, well, because in previous weeks you've lost. Well, no, it's not it's, even just that though. It's just the eye test. Like it scored 25 points, but they had six we had six field goals. Obviously, you want to turn those into touchdowns, but we I did see some things that made me feel like some, you know, you can build on some something in the playoffs. Like they actually threw the ball down the field to Rasheed Rice. You know, like, he's actually he can actually be a down the field guy. Ah, uh, Justin Watson caught a ball down the field. They need to uh, really. It's time to bench NVS though. Like NVS is a cancer at this point on the team. I mean, it was a ball that was slightly behind him. I don't know if you saw. He showed up, throw. Patrick Mahomes. Like you said, what? So it was a bad throw. But, but still, you, you don't. Have, you're not in a position to show up, Patrick Mahomes. That's. I don't care about the the throw. The fact that after he like was like it's supposed to be right here. Like really. The audacity is is what got me. Like, dude, there's been several passes this year that were literally in your hands and you dropped it. And you're gonna show up Mahomes because he threw a ball look behind you that still hit both your hands? Like that was very dis distasteful to me. No,
0: but my actual bad vibes is uh it's in Detroit right now, and it's not their fault. They won the game. They won the game. Everybody's like, they had two more, three two more chances to do it. But they actually won. You know, when, because you look, it's evident that Taylor Decker reports to everybody except for Brad Allen, who then got demoted as a referee from being able to uh, call any playoff games. But he is going to be calling the Ravens-Steelers game, which has massive playoff implications, especially for Pittsburgh. It's like, hmm, interesting. How about that? Doesn't seem fair, but that is what it is. And, I mean, everybody's killing them for going forward on – you know, for two from the seven yard line or something like that. To me, I understand why people are calling for, you know, not calling for his head, but, you know, upset with them or whatever. But it's when you have, if if that's going to be your strategy, you know what I'm saying? If that's going to be what you do, then you should do it. Like, I think when Brandon Staley lost the Chargers is when they have the game on the line to go to the playoffs. Um, against the Raiders in his first year, they tie it up with like very little time left on the clock and they kick an extra point to tie it up instead of actually going forward and trying to secure the win in that moment. And the reason why I thought, cause you know, Brandon Staley was the guy going forward on fourth and 19 from his own 27 yard line. Like, you know, that was his strategy is what he did. So like, I didn't like the fact that he didn't kick that. So I can't really crush Dan Campbell who goes for it more than any coach in the NFL for going for the two-point conversion consistently over and over and over again. And in fact, when Michigan didn't go for two after they scored the touchdown, I was sick. I thought the game was over because why extended to go to overtime. But anyway, that ended the right way. The Lions game did not end that way. But uh now Cowboys still alive to win the NFC East at first place in the NFC East. Like I I mean I kind of thought that was going to happen regardless, but not like this. I didn't think it was going to happen like this. And it's something that If you don't, if you're picking these games, you're betting on these games, you have to factor in the officiating. You have to factor in who's calling the game and look at their stats against the spread and money line and, and home loss records, all of that, because they play such a massive and pivotal role in these games. And like Eddie has on this rundown, if this doesn't fix the NFL's officiating problem, nothing will. And I've been working at this network now for the last three years, and every year, about three times a season, four times a season, you can go and point at a, a moment in time where a referee blows a call and gets something wrong. But at this point now, you just have to factor it into your handicapping.
1: And that's such a – it sucks that we have to do that, right? <laughs>
0: But right. just, it just—it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is like, you know, don't get messed up waiting on fair. You know, it's like fair
2: ain't coming.
1: Yeah, it sucks that we got to do that, man. You got to actually look at who's refing which game. Like, I, I didn't—I didn't grow up thinking I would have to do that when I'm making my predictions or uh, making my plays on games. But this is where we're at now. It's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I mean at this point. At this point, it is what it is. Like I think the NFL operates from the place of no uh, good. All publicity is good publicity. Like wh- Like there's no rationale or reason why Brad Allen should be calling a Week 18 standalone primetime game. But you know what? He is. So there we are. You know, like the same ref that that blew the the Saints call and didn't throw the flag. He's still refing. Bill Vinovich. He's right out there. So we'll call games this weekend. You know, it's like there, there is no notable or logical repercussion for when referees get it wrong. Although like you talking about MVS dropping a ball, you want him to go to the bench. Why you want him to go to the bench? Because he didn't do his job. When a referee doesn't do his
1: job, he just comes to work the next week and it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. For my ugly vibes. I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious place. The Philadelphia Eagles. They've lost four of their last five games You have the NFC East in your hands. All you have to do is beat the Cardinals and the Giants, and they couldn't beat the Cardinals. My partner here predicted the Cardinals to win this game. And you know what? On the back of my mind, I was almost there too, but I just couldn't – I didn't have the guts to say it out loud. But I do have a weird weird feeling that this could have been a trap game, though.
0: The thing that scared me is, like, dog, Kyler said Kyler was sick. It's like, if he's sick and doesn't play – yeah. All bets are off. But if yeah. he does play, this Eagles defense is cheeks. They're terrible, dude. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm not convinced that they could win against the NFC South winner, whether it's the Bucs or the Saints. I'm not I'm not convinced that if the Eagles go to New Orleans, I'm, I don't think they I'm not sure they win that game. And I know you're not so big on your team and stuff, but they actually have been playing pretty good ball lately, man. Derek Carr has actually looked like a pretty functional cornerback the last month or so. And I told you that I was gonna beat the Bucks last week.
0: Did you talked me into it? You talked me into it. <laughs> and uh, but I, I I have a sneaking suspicion that New Orleans won't be hosting a home playoff game because uh Tampa will be. That's how I'm pretty sure that's how this thing
1: wraps up. What's the scenario that has to happen for the Saints to win the division?
0: Tampa needs to lose and they need to win.
1: And Tampa plays, who they play this week? Oh, they play the Panthers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not looking good.
0: (laughs) Ironically enough, that's where my ugly vibes are because, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but David Tepper threw a drink at a fan.
1: Yeah, what was that
0: about, man? I think it's because he drafted uh, Bryce Young number one overall and is not happy with the results so far. (laughs) Like, I mean, you just look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks in this league right now, well, notably C.J. Stroud. because when you have the number one overall pick, Mark, you, believe it or not, you can pick whoever you want. You know, there's nobody there. So there's nothing that was stopping them from taking C.J. And I think right now, it's not all Bryce Young's fault, but his shortcomings, no pun intended, I think show up a lot. When you're watching these games, and do they have great skill position players? Absolutely not. But you know what? The Texans didn't either. Well, <laughs> lot like, the Texans don't either. Like, Adam Thielen is done. I get that. Like Jonathan Mingo is not been uh, lived up to the hype out of Ole Miss, but like he's on what? Now Tepper is on his. He fired Matt Rule. He didn't retain Steve Wilkes after they went to the playoff, almost went to the playoffs. Uh, and then fired Frank Reich, what for week fourteen of the season? Like that's yep. that's mismanagement. Like that's pretty dang on bad, bro. Like that's really really bad. And I think one of the like we don't look at that enough. And I think you could there's lessons to be learned in both the Eagles and these Panthers in that like hiring and firing is a major part of the NFL. Hiring the right person to be in the right position. Like, I, you can't you can't convince me otherwise that Eric Bien-Ami, it not being in Kansas City, has had an impact on some of their offensive output. Like, you can't sell it on me. Part of the reason why you can't sell it on me is because Matt Nagy is the guy who replaced him. And I think we've seen throughout the years that I think Matt Nagy is probably a position coach better than not necessarily a coordinator. Definitely not a head coach, right? So I'm thinking that you know, with the Eagles, you know they lost both their coordinators, and look at them now. They don't look nearly; they're not nearly as formidable as they were last year. With the, largely the same cast of characters, I know they've had a lot of defensive injuries, but even still, you look at the way that those teams play, especially where the Cardinals play hard. I will get they stink, but they play pretty hard, and they came out and hung thirty-five on a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And the Colts are in the playoff race. They're like they're squarely in the hunt, and that's a team that. I know they had Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, but went one and eight in the last nine last year. You know, it really, so I think hiring coordinators really makes a huge difference and uh, everything like that. And the fact that the Panthers traded two first round picks to move up to get Bryce Young and now have given the Chicago Bears, you know, the rights to draft Caleb Williams or to trade out or to do whatever, like that's kind of insane.
1: Yeah. And I know we're going to talk about some games this past weekend as well that we haven't touched on yet. And I have to go back to my take because I have to take a little victory lap here. And I'm going to say it. Give Jordan Love his jacket right now, Martin Wise. Oh, my God. I was right on this. I was early. I was there. Jordan Love Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Now you got Jordan Love, and I'm obviously being a little facetious here, but at the same time, I really do, and I've said it before. I believe Jordan Love will be a really good quarterback in this league for a very long time. I love the just the calmness he has in the pocket. You know, he's six four, about two twenty. He, he he's not Bryce Young, right? <laughs> he he's the anti Bryce Young as far as the the height and the the stature there. And I mean, this past weekend, I mean, I know Minnesota is, you know, you can think whatever you want about them, but I don't think nobody saw that game being a complete and utter wacky like that. 33 to 10, three touchdowns for Jordan Love, 256 yards on 72%, 72% completion percentage. And his last three games, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy's balling out of his mind, 30 touchdowns on the year, only 11 picks. He's going to throw for over four thousand yards, and guess what? Winning, you're in. They play Chicago this week. They win that game, they're in the playoffs, and I think they're going to get the job done. Jordan Love, he's helping my agenda right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not necessarily with you on your victory lap there. I think he's fine. Like I don't, but the idea that
1: he hasn't impressed you at all.
0: I mean, sure, but it's not like it doesn't. He's not jumping off the page for me. Like really like okay. I don't know like maybe it's maybe it's a little circumstance maybe it's but like he's not to me I, he misses a lot of profit in some of these check down plays that he just refuses to check down and instead we'll just chuck it you know and miss his receiver on a deep throw by like eight yards like I don't know why Matt LaFleur treats third and one like a waist down but I mean taking a deep shot it, it, they anecdotally it feels that like they take a deep shot on third and one like half the time it's like when you can just go get the first down. I, don't, I wonder how much of that is coaching, or how much of that is Jordan Love just trying to show his arm.
1: What else, what else you, you, uh, you like from this past weekend? Oh, we talked about that Colts-Raiders game. I, I like the Colts in that one be last week. I know you're on the Raiders side. Um, now it sets up for a big game, right? Because the Colts in Texas, that's the play to get in. That's going to be a big game. Uh, CJ Stroud came back. Good to see him. Uh, back in the league uh, for like he's been gone for a month, even though it was just two games, they dominated the Titans twenty six to three. So I'm looking forward to that one. I know we'll we'll probably talk about that game in our preview. It's one of the more intriguing games of the week. I just
0: want to know if uh, if Robert Sala regrets not signing Joe Flacco yet. Like I know he said he's oh yeah, no let's talk
1: about Joe Flacco.
0: No <laughs> regrets, but Joe Flacco who's driving a minivan, shoveling his kids to school back and forth at the start of this season. You know, is now, I mean, falling asleep on the bench as he just pounds the Jets into
1: submission. But you were, you were with Robert, though. You didn't like Joe Flacco come back to the league. I remember what you said when he first came back. You're like, this guy was on the couch last week. I'm not buying this to Joe Flacco.
0: You I know. mean, let's be clear. He started, what, five games and has eight interceptions? Okay. <laughs> let's be, let's, let's, let's call it fair. But he's definitely better than anything that the Jets have to offer post Aaron yeah. Rodgers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's not.
0: <laughs> he's got, he's got something that like Flacco, his thing is he's got the ability to give his guys a shot to win. That's why he ends up throwing eight interceptions in, in what, five, six games, because he's going to chuck it up there and give Amari Cooper and David and Joku and all those guys chances in one-on-one contested moments. So uh, but I think really it just shows you that having a complete football team is probably really helpful to a hey, average quarterback.
1: I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Even though I was still miserable doing those Alex Smith years, and I'm keep telling you that. Until
0: uh... <laughs> I'm telling you, you were spoiled. You were spoiled. You're you're a spoiled little brat for that. Eight
1: straight AFC West titles, man. Eight straight. The second longest streak in NFL history, only behind the Patriots. I think they were at 11. So we're coming for it.
0: It'll be interesting to see, too, now that, uh, you know, I think Sean Payton's a really good coach in Denver. Obviously, Kansas City lost a game to Denver earlier this year, you know, it was competitive in the other one. You know, we'll see what the Raiders do, or they keep Antonio Pierce. Or, you know, who knows? And, and the AFC West landscape is going to look a lot different uh, at the start of this season, start of next season, I should say.
1: You think so? so? I think it's two years away because the Broncos, they're not going to – who's going to be the quarterback next year?
0: Not Russell Wilson.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they're going to have that guy next year. Like, next year to me feels like a, a waste year for Denver to me. I don't, I don't think they're going to be good next
0: year. I saw Sean Payton run through the NFC South with uh, Drew Brees' arm falling off his shoulder and playing a backup tight end at quarterback. Like I, well, didn't the,
1: have the man, Mahomes, didn't have Mahomes in that division either.
0: The man is good at what he does. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, speaking of Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like he's some sympathetic figure right now simply because he got put on the bench. Like, I know, like, Jen Piacente, who does the uh, Waiver Wire podcast with Eddie, Hetty with Eddie Spaghetti, the guys are producing it now. She's been railing on Sean for benching Russell Wilson. And I'm just, like, and across the board, everybody has been dunking on Sean Payton. Some people called him a thug on national television because of the way he benched his quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, but this happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, like, five weeks prior, and nobody cared. Like, nobody even blinked. Like, guys restructure their contracts all the time. Dalvin Cook, who just got released from the New York Jets, restructured his contract to eliminate uh, his injury guarantee so he could sign for the new team, probably the Ravens. But, like, all of these different opinions about how it's just it's just wild to me to see how Russell Wilson went from being made fun of just literally two weeks ago. They're playing future at every warm-up. They're doing all of this like, And now all of a sudden people are like, you can't treat Russell Wilson like that. And the only thing I can really boil it down to is people don't like Sean Payton and people do like Russell Wilson.
1: I just think it sends a bad message to the locker room, though, because you still mathematically have a chance, had a chance to make the playoffs. And it's basically kind of feels like you're giving up on your on your guys by making that decision. They won they 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 won last week like i sure, like they beat you, you the beat chargers the like i'm right. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like you know what i'm saying like and i don't you know the offense to me was what a little jordan humphrey he he broke a few tackles on the way to end on a few big plays and a lot of running the ball and that's kind of how they've been doing this the whole time like i i just i i cannot get worked up over Russell Wilson's alleged mistreatment in Denver, like I, it's, it seems to me to be the business of the NFL at work.
1: Well, and we we knew for a while that Sean Payton clearly doesn't like Russell Wilson, after he went on him on the sideline in Detroit. You know that was that was the, I guess the beginning of this and people calling him a thug. <laughs> I guess that was like behavior on the but sideline.
0: Like, but like Sean Payton could have. Uh, um when The moment he signed the contract in Denver, Russ should have known that he was on the way out. Like, I would have assumed that. Like, the moment, like, because you can't pay. The worst thing in football that you can do, in my opinion, is pay a league average quarterback like he's the best. Because if you're a bad quarterback, you're probably not getting a bag in general. But if you pay a league average quarterback, like, he's going to be able to, to to be the type of player that carries you through the storm, right? Carries you through like all these different things that can happen Bear in a car. football game. Boom, there you go. <laughs> Squarely league average. You pay him like he's great. All of a sudden, that's what your team is. Still average, but you can't even build it out.
1: Yeah, and now they won too many games to even get one of those top quarterbacks in this year's draft, which is why I'm not sure who's gonna be the quarterback next year for Denver. I have no idea. We'll see. I mean, maybe Kenny
0: Pickett.
1: (laughs) On that note, let's go to week 18.
2: Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesar Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose... You get the stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and the first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet. $1,250. $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona call one 800 next step. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas. Call one 800 522 4700 Indiana call one 800 9 with it. Iowa call one 800 bets off. Louisiana call 1-877-770-stop. Massachusetts, call one 800 Three two seven five zero five zero, or visit gambling helpline ma.org, Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia. West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to
1: 467-369. All right, Martin, you took us into the break talking about Kenny Pickett. So let's talk about his team. The Pittsburgh Steelers are traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Right now, Pittsburgh is three-and-a-half-point favorites, which tells me that the Ravens are probably resting their starters as they already have the 1C locked up. The over-under is nasty. Uh, It's at (laughs) 36-and-a-half. Where do you lean on this game?
0: That's special. Uh, I've taken the Ravens in the points. Like... I'm sorry. I I don't think Pittsburgh's offensive resurgence will be able to continue against this Ravens defense. I know that they're sitting some guys probably resting some guys, but uh, the Ravens are an odd bunch in that. I shouldn't say this sounds this is indictment on the NFL in general, but in that they want to win games. Like, even if they're putting their bench out there, they want to win games. And I know the Pro Bowl isn't exactly what it used to look like. But Tyler Huntley was in that thing last year as a backup who started only a few games, uh, you know, started what maybe six or seven games last year after Lamar got hurt. Um, but I'm going to take the Ravens here um, uh, just to cover the four. I don't know if they went out right, but give me Baltimore, because I just don't think that Pittsburgh should be favored by more than like four or five against most teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the Steelers win, but I think it's a field goal type of game still because at the end of the day, how big of the gap is it between Mason Rudolph and Tyler Huntley? Like, yeah, Lamar's not playing, but Pittsburgh's quarterback situation is so bad to where I'm not sure he's even better than Baltimore's backup. So that's kind of where I land. It's still going to be on Baltimore. I think they still care about playing Pittsburgh to the extent like the guys playing on the field, like there's still a rivalry. And they would love the backups would love no more than to eliminate Pittsburgh from missing the playoffs, from making the playoffs. So I think, like I said, Pittsburgh still wins the game, though, but its I don't think it's going to be like no by four or more. I don't see that happening at all. This feels like a field goal game to me for sure. And the number tells you that. The over-under is 36 and a half. <laughs> that's a super, super low number. And I think it's going to go under as well. So that's where I'll land on that one. Staying in the AFC, this is a win in your end game, man, for both teams. This is a, basically a playoff game. The second Saturday game, the Houston Texans traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Right now, the Texans are actually one and a half point favorites on the road in Indy. The over-unders at 47 and a half. Give me Houston. I can't bet against C.J. Stroud's type of game. I feel like he's built for these big game moments, obviously from Ohio State. Should have beat Georgia last year. You know, I, I was sick to my stomach they lost that game because I had some money on the money line <laughs> for Ohio State. I was, I, was, I, I love the money there, but came up a little bit short. But he just feels like a big game guy. I know he's only a rookie, but you could just see yeah. it with some, some guys, right? He's just built differently, man. And I, I really think in this type of game, this is where you see CJ play at his best. So I like the Texans to win this game by about a field goal. So I like the one and a half there
0: yeah i like the texans as well uh i think the colts have been a great story all year but some of the way they've been able to bounce back from injuries if uh if the browns weren't so good i would had shane Steichen as my coach of the year Uh, but i'm stefanski's probably gonna get his second one Uh, but yeah uh, the texans here they've had a few injuries but i think defensively is where they get this one done even though cj stroud is back they just had, I mean, not even league average quarterback play out of Case Keenum in the in the two games that they were out, and they still, you know, acquitted themselves decently in those two. I'm taking CJ and the Texans to go into Indianapolis and clinch. And if they win this game and the Jags lose, they win the South, right? Yes. So if they win this game and the Jags win, they're a wild card.
1: Yeah, if they win and the Jags win, Houston will be the seventh seed. Got you,
0: yeah. I think we're going to see C.J. Stroud and this Texans team in the playoffs, and a and a and a Coach of the Year two and three uh, finisher right here because these two would be if I had to do a win play show for Coach of the Year, it would be Stefanski, Steichen, and then D'Amico Ryan's.
1: Got you, got you. Let's go to your team, man. The NFC South, you still Yuck. got a chance to win it. Uh, the Yuck. Saints, they're three point favors against the Atlanta Falcons. Over-unders at 42 and a half. As we mentioned earlier, if the Saints win and the Bucs lose, the Saints will win the NFC South. But unfortunately for Saints fans, the Bucs are playing the Panthers this week. So it seems very unlikely that happens. But Saints minus three at home against the Falcons. Where are you going on this one?
0: I'm going to fire Arthur Smith. That's where I'm going. I can't stand. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad like the just the offense doesn't make any sense like they don't like I could put out a video the other day saying that CJ Stroud was definitely going to be the uh, rookie of the year and somebody responded to it and said what about B John Robinson I was like well he's got no shot but also part of the reason why he's got no shot might be cost his coach the job like I don't understand the usage it doesn't make any sense um, of all the teams that could have went for Lamar Jackson, they didn't obviously, and uh, I think that one is the most glaring because this roster is so full of talent. But I'm I'm gonna take the, the Falcons, man. I'm taking the Falcons and the three and a half on the road. They beat the Saints by nine the last time they played, and a lot of and what's interesting is a lot of the Atlanta defensive players that they signed or traded for, or even um, defensive coaches that they got come from New Orleans. So like, they 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 raided kind of New Orleans in the last bit. I think New Orleans had their last stand last week.
1: Yeah, I got the Saints here. Uh, I just think the importance of the game obviously it's going to be at the same time as the Bucks game. So they'll do, they'll be doing some scoreboard watching there in the Superdome. I think they handle business here the Falcons like you said just a mess. Um, it's just very frustrating. A team that I picked, we both picked to win the South before the year, just get held back so tremendously by coaching and quarterback plays. It's so evident. I love them everywhere else. Besides the two most important things you need in the football team is your coach and your quarterback. But I guess we, we should sure have a better job of handicapping that before the year. But um, you know what? I, yeah.
0: I hand up my bag because I took Arthur Smith at his word. He's like, we like what Desmond Ritter's been doing, and we think he's doing this and that in the third, and everything is all gravy. Well, you yeah. know what? If it's gravy, it's probably still in the refrigerator from Thanksgiving. He needs to throw it out.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Let's go to this game. I'm actually really, this is a sneaky, fun game. The Chicago Bears are traveling the Lambo, take on the Packers. Right now, Green Bay's three point favorites. As you may know, the Bears have been playing some good football. They have a big decision to make a quarterback. Do you keep Justin Fields? Do you trade him? Do you grab somebody else in the draft? And the Packers, like I said earlier, if they win, they're in. And this is one of the oldest, I think it's the oldest rivalry in the NFL, actually. And the Bears love nothing more than the spoil the Packers' playoff chances. They're really going to be coming hard in this game. So where do you lean on this one? This is a fun one to me.
0: I'm going with the Chicago Bears. I think Jordan Love comes back down to earth after he, he just throws so many balls off his back foot that it bugs me it wears me out. Like he throws so many balls off his back. He loves foot. a shock with like arm strength, shots. doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, but it's also just like, where's your where's your foundation? Where's your base? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where's your hip rotation? It's like, no, no, no. He's just like, I'm fading away. Like I'm shooting a turnaround like uh, like LaMarcus Aldridge at the elbow. You know, so I'm going with Chicago here because if nothing else, Chicago, while they are not necessarily playing for seeding and games or, you know, playoff seeding and anything like that, they it's been vocal. It's been very loud to the point that before we started this podcast, Spaghetti asked, did the Bears make a decision on Fields or is people just texting me about it? They want the team, I should say, wants Justin Fields to be the quarterback of this team next year. And I think winning this game would be a major part of it. So I'm definitely taking a three.
1: Do you have the Bears winning outright? Yep. Mm, wow. Chicago yep. ruins the Packers playoff hopes in Lambeau. Wow. I got the Packers.
0: It'll be the second weekend, the second year in a row that the Packers could have made the playoffs. Yeah. And lost in the last game and it got caught to a yeah, team. Detroit Indiana, last North. year,
1: right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think the Packers get it done this year. I just can't see a world where two years in a row in Lambeau, you get your playoff hopes crushed by NFC North foe. It was Detroit last year. Now it's Chicago. I think they right their wrongs. Jordan Love is hot right now. Lambeau is going to be rocking Sunday. I'm excited for this game, but give me the Packers minus three. I think they get it done, and you see a Packers Going to Dallas, right? I think they'll be the 7th seed. That'll be a fun, that'll be a little interesting game there. But there we go.
0: Sure, <laughs> Martin just, is shaking his head. Because I, I hate Matt LaFleur so much, dog. I had... Why, I, he makes I,
1: football. he makes football difficult?
0: No, because <laughs> I know that nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I was up, I was down six points to going into Sunday night football. Was that Sunday night? Whichever, New Year's Eve. Yeah, the the Packers played Sunday night, yeah. Right. I'm playing against, I have Aaron Jones. He's got Justin Jefferson. Kevin O'Connell, for some reason, starts Jaron Hall for the first half. Essentially, I mean, eliminating, like, Justin Jefferson from the game plan. Didn't, I mean, he only had like three, maybe four catches for 46 yards, something like that. And for, Whatever freaking reason, Patrick Taylor at eight fourth quarter carries instead of wow. Aaron Jones. Wow. And if Aaron Jones had gotten those carries in those yards, I would be – my rent would be paid for the next three months. off. The oh, my gosh. Thing. I know and you I'm were saying. Like, you got to be – I was like – and it was just – it was such a – you know, it's a kick in the pants, man. Just like you got to be kidding me to the point that I had to like really – like adjust and kind of shake back and try to be, you know, at least somewhat festive as as the ball dropped.
1: Gosh, that sucks, man. I was going to ask you about that, how that went. So I know you were you in the championship this week. Well, it went terribly. They lost. Well, at least Michigan won for you. <laughs> One more All day, right. it would be legends. Yeah. And speaking of becoming a legend. This may be one of those games. The game of the week, man. Sunday night football. Once again, you're talking about Sunday night football. The Buffalo Bills are going to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. The winner takes the AFC East. And this is an interesting dynamic here. There's a real world, Martin, where Buffalo can miss the playoffs if they lose this game. I didn't realize how real it was until I saw the scenario. So here it is. If Buffalo loses this game and Pittsburgh beats the Ravens, who are probably going to be resting their starters, Buffalo misses the playoffs because the winner of the Coast texans game gets in anyway. And then, like I said, if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore, Buffalo is out. Miami already clinched the playoff spot, but they could be from the two seed or they can fall all the way down to six. Right now, Buffalo's three-point favorites going to Miami. Over-unders at 50 even. Where are you leaning on this one?
0: The Dolphins. Even though they just got Molly walked by the Ravens last week. I think the Dolphins come back, bounce back against a Buffalo defense that has been questionable. And that, that one uh, Eagles win in their last five has been in that Buffalo game, which took a crazy long field goal and a uh, Jalen Hurts uh, reading reading a run on that on that overtime play. But I, I like the Dolphins in this spot. I think the Dolphins try to lock up that two seed. Uh, and delay playing Baltimore again as long as possible. Even though they did lose Bradley Chubb, they're down a bunch of pass rushers. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to kind of corral Josh Allen in the spot. But I'm going to take the Dolphins into three points.
1: I like Buffalo in this spot. I think Miami is just too banged up, man. I really do. Buffalo, their defense is hot right now. While Josh Allen is actually, if they were losing games, it would be a real conversation about his play the last couple games because he has not looked good at all. But their defense is holding it down for him. And I just think their pass rush will be able to get after Tua. Their offensive line is kind of banged up in Miami as well. And then obviously with uh, Chubb being out, you know, he had, what, 11 sacks this year. I think that's a big deal. Uh, I just don't see it, man. And as much as I would want to as a Chiefs fan, personally, that I want Buffalo in the playoffs, I think it will be just a better path. But uh, I just don't think it's going to happen, man. Miami, I, th- I think they're, their fate is kind of written. I think, at this point. I think they're a one-and-done team in the playoffs, and they'll be in it as a sixth seed, which would – that means they're coming to Kansas City.
0: By my eyebrows raised when you said that. No, people can't hear it, but you can't hear my eyebrows raising up. But I was like, hmm? <laughs> Yeah, Miami, yeah. one and done. You say?
1: Yeah, they're because they'll be coming to Kansas City, and they're and they're losing that game.
0: Wow, mark this down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Wait, you I, you disagree? I think the Dolphins would be Kansas City in a playoff game. Yes, mm, I don't see that. Of the of the two teams just mentioned, Miami and Kansas City, I think Kansas City has a much better shot to be one and done than the Dolphins do.
1: Okay. Well, we'll we'll revisit it next week because it's going to happen. That matchup is going to happen.
0: All right, let's take a break and get to our lemon pepper parlays. For my lemon pepper parlay, I'm going to take that aforementioned Dolphins team plus the three, and I'm going to parlay it with the Ravens plus three and a half. That pays out a little 264. But uh, yeah, I'm taking both of these AFC underdogs in the division. At home, Uh, you, Home dogs uh, in the division.
1: I got to play on that same Ravens-Steelers game, but I'm taking Steelers' money line. I just, you know, Ravens, it'll be a good game, but I think the Steelers, they obviously need the game more, and they'll be ready to go. And I'm pairing that with Eagles minus five. I know it sounds maybe a little risky there to play playing the Giants, but I just really think they have to have some type of good morale going into the playoffs, man. And Do they? Yeah, they have to. And the Giants, they don't want to win this game. And I just think... Last week was probably a rock bottom for this Eagles team, like really rock bottom, like losing at home. You have the NFC East in your hands. So you have to beat the Cardinals and the Giants. All you have to do, and you drop the ball like that. So I know and, and the NFC East is still in play. So I don't think they're gonna arrest their starters. That would be a really loser mentality. When the Cowboys, I mean, they're probably not going to lose, obviously, but there's still a possibility they could lose to the commanders. Anything can happen. So you have to play your starters and try to win and get that two seed if you could. So give me the Eagles, minus five. I got those two plays at plus 189.
0: I think that uh, if Tyrod Taylor started the entire game, the Eagles would have lost to the Giants on Christmas. Uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not pushing back on that.
0: I imagine Tyrod's going to be starting this whole game.
1: But yeah, we'll see. He's one to me. Hey, for
0: my dollar, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Like then, you and we've seen it a few different times uh, since he's been back in the back in the in the lineup. But best of luck to you and those Eagles. I don't know about that one. That's that's Yeah, I know it's
1: a risky one. I know, but I'm I'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little lucky this week.
0: And it's not a great slate, so there's not a lot of options there, especially. (laughs) Not a, guy, not a great slate. You got to wonder who's getting benched, who's not playing, who's not, who's got no motivation to win, and all this yeah. other stuff. Like I, I don't really care for these types of weeks.
1: And but, I'm uh, screwed, man. man. Just
0: jockeying for position. In I'm what?
1: screwed. I'm screwed from a personal standpoint because you know, since I've been out here, I've been to every Chiefs Chargers game. You know, obviously it's an annual thing, but I got my tickets early this year, and I was scared this was going to happen though. The Chiefs are going to rest their starters this week, dude, because the Chiefs can't move up or down. We're locked in the three seed. So we're 100% resting our starters this week against the Chargers. So I'm going to have to watch Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick in SoFi.
0: Well, I mean, the Chiefs need reps, to my, in my opinion. I think they need, like, I I hear you, but I'd like to see good offense put on tape. But I don't know. Probably, I mean, but a I guy mean,
1: like Kelsey needs a break, though. Like, Chelsea needs a week off.
0: Yeah, that's evident. He's, he's you can see, like, he got, it was hurt to start the year, and you see now he's still fighting through, recovering from that. Like, is he good enough to play? Sure. But is he good enough to play effectively at the level that he, you know, we come to expect out of Travis? Not so much. And that is a major thing, holding back the Chiefs offense, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. But enjoy the game, bud. Blaine Gabbard, Easton Stick. uh, Sheck's quarterback uh, saturation Theory has never took more hits Than it has this year
1: Yeah <laughs> Man, can you believe it Martin, we made it through another NFL regular season, buddy Me and you, man
0: It's hard to believe I gotta talk to this guy 18 times a year That's Can we, crazy. Can we
1: give a, a awkward uh, virtual hug Like Tony Romo and uh, Jim Nance did But They had a real hug, you saw that During the no. Chiefs- Bengals game
0: no, I missed that.
1: I'm gonna see you the video, man. It was like Tony Romo was like, Happy New Year, buddy. And he was like, he was like hesitant and like Jim looked uncomfortable. It was funny. I'll send it to you. How you like uh how you
0: like um uh uh Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth wearing bow ties to call the game on New Year's Eve? It was like, all right, pals, everybody's having a little too fun here, everybody's having a good time. Hopefully, we have a good time
1: it's been the New Year's in Minnesota, man. I don't blame them trying to spice it up a little bit.
0: Well, hopefully uh, this week spices up a little bit. And I know this is one of those, you know, I'm not complaining because in four or five weeks, I'll be clamoring for a week 18 slate. (laughs) So I'm not complaining about it. But I do find that a lot of times we have those games of the week that turn out to be duds. And all of a sudden, like the Cardinals and the Eagles are, Oh, that's a lit game going back and forth like crazy. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully something uh shows on this slate that we can find to find something to enjoy and talk about next week.
1: Can you believe next week, remember we're gonna be talking playoff football, man? Wow.
0: Oh, we're talking playoff football this week, buddy. Washington, <laughs> I'm I'm looking right at you, pal. We're staring you down, Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> good luck, right, everybody. Good, good
1: luck, man.